All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Can you see Did you notice? Check, but the puck comes right to Pedersen who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes, beat reporter here. Like, I don't, I don't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in and down Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What a don't waste all the good stuff on the off-air. Let's go. Hello Canucks fans, welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation, brought to you by the great folks over at Zephyr Epic. You can use promo code Hockey Season, capital H, capital S, all one word, Hockey Season, that will get you $5 off your order at ZephyrEpic.com, that is Z-E-P-H-Y-R, Epic, check them out on all platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, no matter what it is, They've got you covered for all of your trading card needs, whether that be the Pokemon, the Yu-Gi-Oh, the hockey cards, the football cards, the baseball cards. A lot of baseball going on today, Chris, and we're going to talk a little baseball off the top here. Uh, But be sure to go check out Zephyr Epic. Free shipping on any order Canada-wide over $50. My name is Dave Quadrelli. I'm joined, as always, by the man who built the place, Chris Faber, on this beautiful, beautiful Vancouver Wednesday afternoon uh this is the canucks conversation podcast and of course our technical producer is alex allard chris you're wearing a hoodie you're not enjoying the summer weather right now Uh, i got the ac on again in the house but uh, the ac has been spotty it's it's been screwing me over late at night i've had to sleep with one leg out of the blanket you know 
that move right there to keep your, you know, keep your body cool. I've been having to do that lately. So today it's working right now, but I, I will be sweaty by the end of this. Wearing a hoodie might be a little bit of a mistake, but my fingers are like borderline freezing, which I probably should see a doctor about because it happens often. But uh, aside from that, doing good, ready to get outside. It'll be a nice drive out to Abbotsford tonight when I head out there. Uh, very excited for that. We're, save your baseball stuff for the end because I got more important stuff off the top here. Okay. Everybody knows what's going on in the world, right? Everybody knows. The goddamn grocery prices are going through the roof, okay, right? You know this. You shop at Safeway. You're a Safeway guy. The grocery store prices are through the roof. You know, cans of soup, what are they, Two eighty nine now to get a Campbell's chunky uh, can of soup, chicken uh, noodle. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, these things. Beef. You can't find ground beef anywhere. Chicken breast. You're paying $7 a breast. Don't clip that. But the other thing, I want to bring this up because yesterday I go grocery shopping. My therapist told me to do this. She told me to just go out and enjoy some time on my own. So what do I like doing on my own? Grocery shopping. So I thought that I should go to the richest person's grocery store. I went to this place called City Market out in Kitsilano. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm not going to buy very much. All this stuff's going to be crazy expenses where the rich people shop. I'm not living like the rich. I'm sure you've been there, Quads. You probably have a, a VIP card at this place. <laughs> but I'm at this I'm at this, uh, this fancy place, City Market. The best service I've ever had in my life at a grocery store. And listen, I come from the good folks on the island. Everybody on the island knows. It gave me real good country grocery vibes, okay? Country grocer is the best grocery store Shout out to them. They run the island. They got the best, the red bags. They're beautiful. But I went out to the city market yesterday, dropped $190 on groceries, and I got a lot. This is how the rich are staying rich. They're, none of their groceries are going up in prices. I'm buying like a kilogram of shredded cheese for like $6. I'm buying butter for like 99 cents. The rich, I know why the rich people stay rich because it's their shopping. Their grocery stores are dirt cheap. I've cracked the secret, so I'm going to start living like you now and you and all the big rigs at uh, Nation Network eating, you know, pra- I almost, yesterday, I look in there and I say, gee, you know what? I could afford ahi tuna at this place. The, the ahi, t- I'm not going to eat it because I don't know anything about ahi tuna, but the city market out there in Kitsilano, everything's dirt cheap. It's I, Now I understand all you need to do to be rich is just shop at the rich grocery stores. No more Safeway for me. I'm done with them. I'm done at the Safeway. I'm all city market now. That's the way to go. I got a whole bunch of groceries yesterday. I had a great day. Surprised my fiance a little bit because I'm like, oh, I'm going out doing that thing my therapist said to just, you know, take some time to yourself and walk around, do your thing. I'm out there just to, to head on, on therapist orders. And what, and what do I find? The secret to being rich. So no more pinching pennies for me. I'm living like you now, quads. I'm going to city market. I just wanted to give them a shout out. The, just great customer service out there in Kitsilano. Okay, so a few things off the top here. Yes, I shop at Safeway, but here's the real trick, Chris. And no free ads, of course, uh, for grocery stores or what I'm about to say, the app that I use. There's an app called Flip. It's a This is a free ad called Flip, okay? And basically what it does, I don't know about you, I, I get all these coupons and all the flyers in the mail. And what I used to do is I used to look at all of them and I would like look for the best deals. And I have my Sharpie out and I circle it in the newspaper. And then I remember what it is. I write it down. I make sure I have a list going. Now there's this app called Flip where you check it out. You go and you type in what you need and it shows you where the best deal is. So you go to no frills, you go to superstore, you have no loyalty to your grocery store. Like, you know, in a pinch, if I need mm. something, I go to Safeway. You always go to the one that's closest to you, right? Like we were just talking about, um, you know, the Safeways out here and stuff. We were talking about how nice they are, how good the Safeways. You, you've been to the Safeways. Hey, good flowers. Uh, nice they, I'll give They're that to Safeway. Stores. They got, you, you know, you need a quick uh, bouquet of flowers for the missus. Safeway's got you, man. Like 15 bucks. That that you can say about Safeway, especially yours. Yours has the whole extension, because you're kind of living in one of the rich people Safeways yourself up there in the mountains. You guys have the nice Safeway, lots of flowers, nice and cheap. I get what you're saying. But what does this app do? It just gives you the cheapest price on everything? Like every item? Yeah, so it tells you it tells you where there's deals. Because you just brought up ground beef, which is a great example, right? Oh. Like it feels like ground beef's going up everywhere, and it is. It absolutely is. But there's usually, and this doesn't work foolproof, but there's usually one place a week 
like at least one place per week that has a deal on ground beef, whether that be save on foods. Think of how many grocery stores there are, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you're looking for ground beef, you type in ground beef and you can just, you can find it immediately. Like it tells you where the best deal is and you go, you go find it. And of course it's location, all that sort of stuff tells you what's close to you and whatnot. Um, this is the longest ad I think we've ever done. I mean, oh, I they're not even paying us. So no. I'm not even going to say the name no. again, but uh, if anybody actually wants it, you can just message me. I'll tell you all about it more. What do you, what do you the only with? problem with your, with your, your strategy there quads is you got to go to like multiple stores, right? Yeah, yep. Or I think yes, I, mean, I, I plan no. price matching out there. Yeah, no, I, I gotta, plan my meals by it. where like, Hey, whatever's on sale. That's what we're eating this week. Okay. If the ground beef's a deal, that's what we're eating this week. I mean, I'm sure it's a little different for you. Alex, you got a family, you got kids and stuff, but Hey, I can, well, no, this probably works. Like, listen, I can have tacos three times a week. If ground beef's the deal, I'll, I'll go that way. If I have to, well, I was, I was going to say, though, like if you guys have a store out there that does the price matching, mm. we have a store out here, Superstore. They do price matching. We just discovered this flip app that Quads is talking about. But you, you just go. go to the one store and you pull out that app and you say, look, it's this cheap price over at that store over there. And they go, OK, price matched. And then you go, OK, how about this uh, ground beef? Mm. It's way cheaper over here. And they go price matched. Well, there you go. Hold, no, hold Look on a second. Coming out on no, Cox hold Congo. on a second. Alex, have you done this, though? Have you done this, or do you, are you just aware of this? Yeah. No, no, no. We st- we've just started doing this, and mm. we're saving loads of money on fruit. Like our kids are eating tons of fruit. Mm. Good kids love fruit. What's the kids go- what are they- What is the go-to fruit right now for the kids? Bananas. Oh, Bananas, raspberries. Good. I tell you what, you got uh, the kids are they're living like me, living cheap, cheap bananas. That's the that's the fruit you can do. That's the cheapest one out there. Uh, the other one, flash Price food, map. flash food app is great too. That's the one that uh, the food's about to go bad in forty eight hours. Boom, pick it up, cook it tonight. All right, let's get to some hockey. Okay, we'll wrap up the uh, grocery talk there. Let's move on here. Vancouver Canucks talk. This is the Canucks conversation. And folks, this is why we're not going to be doing five shows a week. Well, I just moved my laptop. Five shows a week. This is why we're not going to be doing five shows a week uh, in the offseason. Because our old offseason episodes, Chris, they would always end up being like this. Some people like it, though. But let's move on. Let's move on. 100 points for Elias Pettersson. That is the big story from last night's win for the Vancouver Canucks. Look, there's a few stories. We we won't we won't talk about it right now. I'll, I'll hold I'll hold back. We're gonna talk draft lottery, of course. We have to. But the big story of the night: hundred points for Elias Pettersson. Uh, reunited with the Lotto line when he scored that goal. Uh, the assist, obviously, Miller to Pettersson to Besser for a tap in. And hey, it was it was a good piece of storytelling. I think Wyatt was the one that wrote that on Twitter. It's a good piece of storytelling, uh, as you see the graphic there. Presented by McDonald's. I didn't even notice that. Uh, 100 points for Elias Pettersson. $3 for that Big Mac, of course, was presented by McDonald's. Yeah, a couple assists yesterday for Pettersson. Uh, beautiful. Beautiful to see him get the 100 points. I love it. I tell you, we talked about it on the show yesterday. Like This was this had to happen. Um, sixth player in Canucks history to have a 100-point season. Awesome stuff from Elias Pettersson. We obviously remember JT Miller having 99 last year. Uh, Pettersson topped that. And uh, I did want to note this as well, is if he doesn't pick up two penalty minutes in the final game of the season here, he'll be the only player to get 100 points and under 15 penalty minutes because uh, Alexander McGillney in 1996, 107 points, 16 penalty minutes. Pedersen, he's at 14 right now. There you go. Another little thing for Pedersen to do. I don't know how much of a... Interesting stat that is, but I like it. And I and you know what? Still not over. Could add to that 101 that he's at right now, but it's damn impressive, man. Like we we want to spend some time on today's episode. I think we've done a lot of it as the season has gone on. Just kind of, you know, I don't even know the right like kind of praising Elias Patterson for his season. There's been a massive step in his game. He's gotten himself into that conversation of being a superstar. He deserves some praise here. And I know he's got a lot throughout the season, but today is a special day, I think, to celebrate. Him hitting 100 points, awesome moment for the Vancouver Canucks in a season that has not been filled with awesome moments from start to finish. At least we got one last night. We just got our award ballots for the NHL awards for voting. And I'm still, obviously, it just came out yesterday. I'm still working on my ballot and everything like that. But early returns, when I'm thinking about it, 
is that I'm probably going to have Elias Pettersson in three categories. I think he's going to be a fourth or fifth for me on the Selkie. I think he's earned that. The reason I don't have him higher in a top three is just because he doesn't consistently play the matchup role, it feels like. So I want to at least recognize the two-way play that we've seen from him this year. So I think fourth or fifth, and again, I have to look a lot more than I already have, but fourth or fifth, I think, and you just brought it up, the penalty minutes. I think he's a sleeper pick for the Lady Bing, and I know he's gotten picks before. I, I Not to win it, per se, but I know he's gotten votes per, before, and I always never put him on my ballot. I only voted last year. But the reason I didn't was just kind of that snarl we saw in his game, like the reverse hits, um... You know, I it just when you say sports, most sportsman like player, I used to not really think of Elias Pedersen, but I think this year, for the most part, like you think of a few different moments that have happened recently, um, you know, going back a year or two. But the the thing with Matt Calvert, when he ripped a shot and Matt Calvert fell down, like you could see Pedersen checking on him, right? Um, I, I almost think like refraining from uh leaning into the mike matheson storyline after he scored on mike matheson there was, uh, in overtime i think that that should get you a lady bing vote in itself that one play earlier in the year where he looked like he tripped the guy and then he was like no i told the ref like not to to call the penalty i mean listen i know that's one moment in a game but that that literally can like win you this award for the lady bing like it, you know hockey's a tough sport to play when you do have little moments like that and you brought up a couple already does give you a chance. I think he'll be in the conversation for it. Like, he feels like a Lady Bing type of player, right? And I don't think that's the award that every player, like, craves to have at some point during their career. But when you play the way that Elias Pettersson plays, like, it feels like an award he will win at some point in his career. The other ones I think you, you're feeling a little bit yeah. more proud of, right? If you're if you're in there for the Selkie, you're the best defensive forward. If you're obviously up there for the heart, that's massive as well. Uh, that is the biggest award I think you can win as a hockey player, so... To me, like, yeah, he feels like he's going to win some Lady Bings over his career. It's just the way he is as a person and as a player. So that'll be a lot of fun. But you're you're right, like, to have him in the conversation for a couple different awards. And by the way, I got skipped again this year on the votes uh, for Vancouver. Lucky, you know, again, I don't know what they're paying you, but the, you must be paying some back to the uh, PHWA. They're paying your dues. Uh, but, yeah, like, you know, I heard it today uh, on Donnie and Dolly. Craig Button joined them, and he said, like, Pedersen's probably in the conversation for his Selkie votes, too, like, it's not just going to be the Vancouver market. I think you'll see a couple heart votes maybe come out of the Vancouver market. I'm really curious to see where he picks up votes outside of the Vancouver market. Uh, probably see some more on the West Coast than we will on the East Coast because the 10 o'clock starts are not going to draw a lot of these East Coast writers. But, uh, yeah, like man, you, you can't say much more about this season he's had. It's been incredible to see him step up basically every part of his game. Don't forget that J.C. Miller picked up heart votes on one person's ballot over Connor McDavid. Like, I don't think Connor McDavid was on that person's ballot. I'm not sure about that. Um, but I do remember that JT Miller got a fifth place vote and the person didn't have McDavid. Actually. Yeah. I think that was exactly the case. The person didn't have McDavid at all. They had JT Miller last year ahead. So he's going to get heart votes. He's going to get heart votes. And for me personally, Chris, I'm probably going to have him fourth or fifth again. I don't think he's going to be in my top three. Like, Number one, it's McDavid. I think anybody who doesn't vote McDavid for first place on the heart is just kidding themselves or making it too complicated for themselves. Um, I, I, I think there's an argument for David Pasternak to be like well within the top three. He's probably going to be in my top three. And again, like I said, I haven't done um, I haven't done all my research just yet on who I'm going to vote for. But when I fill out my ballot, we'll uh, we'll discuss it for sure. And uh, yeah, you know what? You you gotta help me with it. I mean. We, it's got to be the combo ballot. I, I'm sure that's breaking a rule. So if anybody asks, that's not what happened as we put this public. But look, like we we both talk hockey. We both have our opinions. I think we're going to agree. Like Tyler Myers definitely deserves some Norris votes. All right. I need I'm not even saying this as a joke. Unplug your mic and replug it in because your your mic's crapping out here. Uh, unplug it and replug it. And not just because you said Tyler Myers deserved Norris votes. I do want to pull up something else that's really like the the five on five play and the play at even strength has been incredible this season. Uh, I do want to bring this stat line up here. I think it's the top ten players for points per sixty at even strength this season. Uh, Elias Pettersson comes in at number four. He's been effective throughout the year. Um, he's picking up three point four points per sixty minutes right now. That is fourth in the NHL, only behind David Pasternak, Nathan McKinnon, and Matthew Kachuk. All three players who are at that point where you can make a discussion about them being a superstar. I think Kachuk and Pedersen are probably a little bit more on the outside than it is with McKinnon and Pasternak. But you're looking at players here who are the top of the league at producing at even strength 
which most of the game is played at even strength. So yes, you're going to see McDavid's point totals be godly because of what he does on the power play. Uh, the Oilers, you just have to give them credit. Their power play is incredible. It scores a ridiculous amount of goals. It is a leading reason why they're going to be a playoff team, and a lot of it comes from their superstars. But I really think that what the superstars are doing at 5-on-5, five five, and listen, McDavid's seventh on this list for points per 60. He's obviously up there as well. But to see Pedersen above McDavid in a stat that's pretty pretty much like this should be McDavid's stat to dominate in the league, right? It should be points per 60. McDavid, you'd expect him at the top. And if you include power play minutes, I'm sure he is at the top. But Elias Pedersen, you know, above these type of players that we talk about as superstars, like consistently superstars, some of the best in the league, Pedersen's doing a lot more at 5-on-5. Five five. And you brought up the defensive things. Listen, I look at this list here in front of me that I have on the screen. Matthew Kachuk, Nathan McKinnon, David Pasternak, Alex Tuck, Jason Robertson, Connor McDavid, Tage Thompson, Jeff Skinner, Jack Hughes. Do I think any of those guys are a better defender than Elias Pedersen? I don't think so. I don't think so. So I think you have to put Pedersen in the conversation to be a superstar from the fact that he has 100 points this season. And you look at all those guys putting up points at the top of the league. I don't think any of them are that are, you know, in this, I think some of them might be in the conversation. Like I think McKinnon is a very good defender. You saw that in the playoffs last year. Um, but I think like, aside from him, anybody on this top 10 list here for points, I, I wouldn't take them in their own zone above Pedersen. I think Pedersen's a better defender than all of them. So that's why f- for the Selkie, it- it's a weird award, right? Cause it's like, you need to put up points to have yourself in the conversation for the Selkie. The best defensive forward isn't going to win the award every single year. It's the best defensive forward of a guy who's scoring a lot. And to me, like, I think Pedersen's going to get a lot of consideration for the Selkie this season. Yeah, like, it's it's hard not to, right? Um, I, I got to think about it more, and I was just looking at my ballot last year, and, like, I had Elias Lindholm at fourth. Uh, like, okay, last year, I have my ballot literally in front of me. Last year, I went Patrice Bergeron, Anthony Sorelli, Joel Eriksson, Elias Lindholm, and Alexander Barkov. And that was similar to a lot of people's ballots. Like, I feel like the Selkie, there's usually not much, uh, much difference. Although I, I saw a lot, I, only a few people had Elias Lindholm on their ballots, which a lot of people really liked that I had him on there. Um, but for the Selkie, I, I'm looking at it and you just think like, okay, well, Bergeron's your surefire winner again. Anze Kopitar had a pretty good year, I think. Um, you know, obviously he keeps putting up the points for LA and there, there's a lot of different considerations that you have to have, but I'm looking at it now and just thinking, yeah, maybe Pedersen probably slots in on the top three. The reason that I have reservations, Chris, is just that like he hasn't really played that matchup role where it's he's going against the opposition's best every single night. Like some nights he does it and he does an exceptional job of it, but then there's, you know, there's nights where he goes, um, you know, and doesn't really win his matchup. And obviously that's going to happen. I just, I, I don't know if you can say, okay, well, he's the second best defensive forward in the national hockey league, just behind Patrice Bergeron. Um, you know, when that's the case, you know what I mean? Like that's the only, only reservation I have. And I'm not trying to knock the player. Of course, um, he's still going to be on my ballot. He might even be in the top three. That's just the only thing that I look at it and have a little bit of pause about. It's interesting because like, I'm going to pull this up here. Cause I have it on my screen. This is Patterson's line matches. He is facing off against the top guys a lot of the time. I mean, he's, he's obviously facing top six guys most of the time. As you can see on the right side of the screen, I'll use my mouse here to kind of help this uh, for him. But you can see the top six, that's where a majority of his time is faced off against. He's playing against the top line a lot of the time. But you're right, he isn't in a matchup role. Like, you can kind of see how his line mates are on the left side of this uh, graphic. He's playing a ton with the top line guys in the Vancouver Canucks. That's just the way it goes. If you saw something similar to that on how he was matching up against guys, it would be for sure he'd be a, a guy who's in the conversation to win the Selkie. But from what he's done so far this season, I mean, he is getting matchups against top six. It's not like he's ever really facing bottom six competition. Like, aside from when line changes are going on, no other team is like, hey, yeah, let's let's try our fourth line against the, the Pedersen line tonight. Like, he, he requires you to put some of your top players up against him. Uh, and you can see, like, the top pairings are going up against him the most so far this season. Uh, lots of lots of positive things here for him to to really get in that selkie conversation like seriously in the next couple of years right like I don't think this year you mentioned like Bergeron's gonna win uh you're gonna have some other names in there as well Kopitar will probably announce I mean Barkov seems to get votes all the time there I just think that Pedersen is going to be the next wave of guys who's there every single season it feels like if he continues to build on his defensive game could end up winning it one day too yeah, absolutely. And I think it's the same thing with uh, Quinn Hughes, who we've discussed with the Norris Trophy before. Um, 
look, once Eric Carlson passed the 100-point mark, I don't think there's any debate. Like, he's the surefire Norris winner, and I think if we keep discussing it, we're just going to, like I said, overcomplicate it and make it not a conversation that's even worth having. I Eric Carlson's the Norris Trophy winner. Like, he, he has to be at this point. When you when you put up over 100 points as a defenseman, that just it doesn't happen, right? Like, it doesn't happen, and... You, you you've got to have it like you've got to have it if you're Eric Carlson and look it's usually hard for guys who don't make the playoffs to win that award but I think if there's a time to give it to him uh this is the year also why is the camera still on Chris I don't know Alex is like Alex. did we lose Alex oh, now he's now he's lost it we Alex lost you switch to camera three yeah switch to camera three Alex um <clears throat> there we go yeah I, I did want to well, I mean, we'll continue to talk about Pedersen a lot, but it was nice to spend a little time and dive into some of him and the awards I do want to play this clip from last night the goal that Andre Kuzmenko scored off the pass from Akita Hirose, you know, we, this is one we have to show on the show because this pass from Akita Hirose, I know there's there's some people out there that I, I feel like they're not like in cement being like, he's like a Quinn Hughes light, but there's whispers of it, right? People like they, they like the calmness. They like what he's doing with the puck. They like him here on the second power play. You know, this stretch pass he made directly onto the blade of Andre Kuzmenko, who rips a wrist shot past uh, Dostal. Uh, and I think you, you see this thing from Hirose, and it's like, man, every game he's doing something that gets you pretty excited. And it's not like he's blowing me away with a lot of the play. Like, you look at a lot of his possession numbers and, and things like that. They're not that great at 5-on-5, especially on a team who's playing some pretty weak, t- uh, weak opponents over the last little bit. So I'm not in the camp yet of, like, Hirose is going to be Philip Hironik's partner to start next season. I also am not even really at the point of being like, Hirose is going to be in the top six of the Vancouver Canucks next season. But I am at the point to say that, like, Akito Hirose is at least now in the conversation for being a guy who starts on the opening night lineup. Like, he is. He is in the conversation. I think he has to be. He's 24 years old. He needs a contract going into next season. He's done enough this year to at least be in the mix now with guys who he's played better than at the end of this year. And those are names like Jack Rathbone. I think he's played better than him. Christian Willannon, because he's injured, that's the one that's like, I still think Willannon's probably ahead of Hirose on the depth chart moving forward. I also think they're going to sign a guy to play on the left side this season. But man, if Hirose is like this from some NHL games and he has a big offseason where. I've heard this from a lot of players. There's a, a huge difference to your offseason after getting a taste of pro. Like, there's a very different way that you approach your summer workouts, uh, gaining weight, whatever it is, putting on muscle, getting quicker, being with a skating coach, heck, heck being in Vancouver to work with the coach or the development staff. All those things are going to come into play now with Hirose, who needs to have a massive offseason to get to that point, and it's possible. That's the cool thing. That's the cool thing about Hirose in this whole situation it's possible that he can win himself a spot on the NHL roster. And I'll tell you what, when that carrot's right in front of you, if you can keep that carrot in your eyesight throughout the offseason, throughout the summer, you come into camp and you are locked in and you were locked in for the last six months when you had time off, you've set yourself up in a pretty good spot to get NHL games. So I'm curious to see. I mean, this break, this pass was incredible. Remember back in the day, if Ole Levy did this in the AHL, six articles on Canucks Army about it. But uh, I didn't see one article about this breakout pass here from Hirose because it just feels like this is something he's kind of doing. Like a, he's not making these perfect two-line breakaway passes every game, but he's making a play like similar value to the team winning the game. Like he's making a good defensive play or he's on a penalty kill. He's getting a good clear. He's making good passes. He's you know saving Tyler Myers' ass. He's doing so much right now in these games where you have to at least put him in the conversation. I wouldn't bet on him being on the opening night roster. But depending on the odds, he like I, I might you know might take a swing on it. I, I, I'm pretty confident he's in the conversation. I think what it comes down to, you you showed the stretch pass, obviously, but his poise with the puck, right? Like in, in his own end, where you're seeing him just turn away from danger, which to this market is so foreign. Like we we don't usually see defensemen doing that. Not named Quinn Hughes, just turning away from danger, not trying to force anything. You know just waiting for the play to come to him. And if it's coming at him too fast, just turn away. Like he's using his skating and to his advantage, he's not the biggest guy, but he's defending. Well, there's nothing like you just said, there's nothing that he's done. That makes you think, yeah, he probably can't challenge for a spot next year. Like he's at least in the conversation. He's at least in the conversation. Another guy I want to get your opinion on Chris Cole McWard. Uh, I think it was Brian, Brian Choi in the chat brought it up in the YouTube live chat. 
Cole McWard continuing uh, to impress as well. This is what Brian said. I think there needs to be more conversation about Cole McWard. Lots to be fleshed out, but overall, he has shown some great potential. Hard to disagree with Brian there. No, Brian's got a couple of good comments in here. Um, with McWard, yeah, the thing that I like is the same thing that I saw when he played in college. was like really confident in getting the puck on net. And he might not have the best shot, but it gets on net all the time. And I tell you what, from a guy with a little bit of size and some some oomph behind his shot, like I, I do think that there's there's something there that could, that could be worked on. I think you need to work on the rest of his game too. Like there are t- certain times where I've seen him make some pretty glaring mistakes and that's compared to like Hirose, who I really haven't seen make a colossal error more than I've seen him make one or two in his games. That's pretty good. Cole McWard seems to make one or two pretty big mistakes in his game so far. And listen, like this isn't, this is a guy who's breaking into the NHL and getting his first few games. This is not a knock in any direction. I, I got this from Leafs fans the other day because um, I wrote, geez, that was a really bad 30 seconds for Matthew Nyes. And it was. He had two horrendous turnovers where he was trying to make Kuzmenko-like passes uh, or early season Miller passes. Like, And I just wrote like it. You know, it's just 30 seconds of, of bad play. That's going to happen to these guys making this huge jump up to the NHL. McWard's going to take some time in the AHL. I'm going to enjoy following him next year. I think he's going to bring a lot to that group. There, there, there's going to be a lot of exciting young players out there in Abbotsford. You know, it'll be crazy. I saw people talking about this earlier in the chat. You could have like a right side, like a four depth right side in Abbotsford. This is a possibility. A lot of things need to fall into place here, but it could be like Philip Johansson as your top pairing right shot guy. Then Jet Wu following that up. David Reinbacker behind him. And Cole McWard is like an extra guy, or maybe Jet Wu's playing the left side like he's been doing a lot of this season. Like, that, that's exciting, man. That's that's really exciting things to have down on your farm team. And a lot needs to fall into place here. They obviously need to dry and ri- draft Reinbacker, you know, get a couple other things down the road. By the way, Reinbacker, I think I mentioned on yesterday's show, he's going to join us here pretty quick. Uh, his season's all wrapped up, so I'm excited for that chat with him. Uh, and maybe a couple more Canucks prospects in the mix as well. Put in the request today, so we'll see what happens. Uh, with that... Uh, and I got some more stuff about prospects later in the show. So that's, uh, yeah, that's, I mean, McWard's something. He's got a big body, right shot guy. He can get the puck on net, build the rest of his game, develop the rest of his game. That's where you're at with him right now. So uh, I think it's it, this NHL taste is good, but I don't think he's a guy who's in the conversation next year for NHL games off the start of the year. Depending what he does in the offseason, depending on how he starts in the AHL, he'll be exciting to watch. He's a guy who's like, he's going to be at, you know, Development camp probably because he's still only going to be like 22 at the time. He's probably going to be a young stars in Penticton with NHL experience. That's huge for that tournament. So a lot of exciting things. Good, good player there with McWard. I like that. Okay, let's go. Spotlight on PDG. Cousin Phil, friend of the show, Phil DiGiuseppe. He is the subject of today's player spotlight, which we don't yet have a sponsor for. Um, so Phil DiGiuseppe, the subject of our player spotlight alex do we have an animation here i I know chris works hard on these i want to let it let us see it before i uh just start talking yes somebody works really hard on these i mean whoever whoever does it probably deserves a raise but uh look at this come on you kidding me here's the here's the interest phil did say but we're gonna dive into it here he's only played 29 games this year i was a little surprised to see that number right off the top When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. 
Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Yeah, I guess. Like, <laughs> I mean, you, you, we went from wondering when this guy's going to get called up, right? And, and I feel like that was the conversation around him for the past couple of years is, when is this guy going to get called up to the NHL? And now he's here. And I think really under Rick Tockett, he's really, really flourished. Um, look, he was fine under Bruce Boudreaux. He was a serviceable fourth line guy. But, you know, we're seeing him get these top six minutes. And it's really like he's not the long term fit in the top six. But I think this is also a way of Rick Tockett just saying to management, hey, I need players like this that I can win with. Like, obviously, you want someone with a little more skill and a little more finishing ability than PDG. That's fine. But. You need that north-south player if you're Rick Tockett. He wants his top line playing with those guys. And look, we saw it last night. We've seen it down the stretch run of the season here. Um, look, Phil's impressed. I think he's someone that this organization was smart to keep around. He got the specialty from Alvin with the two-year, two-way. Um, look, it's someone that Rick Tockett really likes, obviously. And you would much rather he be a depth call-up option, not necessarily someone that you start the season uh, in the top six where he is right now. But he's played very well, and he definitely earned that contract. Yeah, most definitely, right? And that, that contract's two years, $775,000 AAV. You mentioned the extra money in the uh, minors for his minor salary. It's it's good. I mean, Here's the thing. The, the numbers that pop off to me, it's like, oh, he's only been in 29 games. It feels like he's been in more. And I think that's a that's a good thing because these type of players, some of them, like, you'll look at the Canucks at the end of the season and be like, gosh, that guy played 23 games. Like, oh, man, that guy was in 28 games. Like, I didn't even notice him. With Phil DiGiuseppe, like, you have noticed him quite a bit for being in 29 games. And here's the thing. Under Talkett, so his last 20 games, Phil DiGiuseppe's last 20 games with the Vancouver Canucks, He's averaged 15 minutes and 23 seconds of ice time. Like, that's that's more than a fourth liner. And that's where I think he's going to end up being next season. I think he starts in the NHL. I think he's a Rick Tockett guy. I think he's a modern-age fourth-line player. I think he can contribute on the penalty kill. He's kind of a depth spot for that right now, maybe like the fifth or sixth forward that Tockett seems to be putting out there. He's also a guy who could chip in on the power play. We've seen him on the first unit in the past two weeks here. That's not where he's going to be next season. He's also not going to be in the top six next season when you have Mikheyev come back, you have Pod Colson back, you have Huglander coming up. Like all those guys should be playing higher up in the lineup than Phil DiGiuseppe. But one of the things you can take away from these last few games is like, you know, you can suffice with him there. You could you can deal with him in a top six if you have to. And I think that's a fine feeling to have. There's not a lot of players that you feel like that on the Vancouver Canucks where you're like, eh, if they have to, it's fine in the in the top six. Like, they have some wingers, and it's interesting to have Phil Giuseppe be in the conversation there. Like, they have guys who, like, Niels Huglander, you could be like, okay, he could play in the top six if you have to. Pod Coles, and you're like, eh, if you have to, you play in the top six. Giuseppe is in that conversation from what he's done over the last little bit, and he's obviously a Rick Tockett guy, so he's going to get these opportunities. And I think having him for the next two years on that league minimum contract, great. Great to have that kind of depth here in the organization. Have him on the NHL team. He's also a guy who, yeah, you're right, like, you could send him down to the minors if you need to. His money's completely buried. It's a two-way deal. Nobody's probably going to pick him up because he has a huge uh, contract in the minors. And, like, that's something that I've talked about. I talked about on yesterday's show. Like, you got to give the ownership credit there for willing to sign off to pay a guy to, what is it, $500,000 to play in the minors? That's a lot of money to play in the minors, man. So you have to give credit to the ownership and management there to being on the same page and willing to pay for that to kind of make him as, like, a waiver blocker because people that are going to take him – well, they're probably going to want him for the NHL, but just other teams that are looking for him to pick him up, they're going to know like there's a big price tag to to pay for him from an ownership, from the actual organization, if you send him to the minor. So I think the Canucks, you got to give him props for that, and I like the way they've uh, worked this guy in the lineup. We've been saying it for years to give him a shot at the NHL, especially as a penalty killer. So we'll have to see what happens. I think he brings a little bit of skill to a fourth-line role that you like. Like He's got good fourth-line skill if that's the role that he's put in, and that's where I think he'll start next season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, If he makes the team, that's exactly where he'll start. And you'd like to see, because let's be honest here, I think it was two training camps in a row Mm. that he kind of impressed. And the conversation was, wow, Phil DiGiuseppe's probably going to earn a spot on this team. And then he just didn't. And look, we talk about the Canucks lacking an identity. 
If you come in and play the way Phil Giuseppe did in those training camps under Rick Tockett, you are going to make the team. And I'm not just saying that because Mm -hmm. Phil is a player that Rick Tockett obviously really, really likes. You're going to be rewarded if you play that style of game. And look, that's what Phil brings. You like to see, obviously, the Canucks maybe um, have a little bit, have some better options in their top six, obviously. But as a depth option, you have to, like you said, credit to the organization for bucking up for a guy who's going to be, you know, that first call up from Abbotsford to play on the wings. It's look, it's not cheap. It's not cheap to keep good players. It's not cheap to um, have a good farm system and have a good farm team. The organization's made that investment and it's, it's paying off. It's paying off for them. So um, yeah, that's all we have on Phil DiGiuseppe. Right. One, uh, I want to get to one question here from Sterling Wilson says, is pods the ideal talk player in the top six? That, that's what you really hope, right? Like, you really hope that this playoff run in the AHL for Vasily Podkolzin gives him a little bit more confidence because I think he gained a little bit from his last run in the AHL, but I feel like it didn't mean as much. Now that he's been down on the farm this season and is going to experience playoff hockey, I hope that uh, gives him a nice little boost going into the off season here, and then he can figure things out, shoot the puck a little bit more, feel a little bit more confident in his skill. But the thing with Podkolzin that you have to like is, like, at least he's one of the guys that when he is playing in the top six, playing with the good players, whether it be JT Miller or Elias Patterson, as a winger, Pod Colson's one of the ones on the Vancouver Canucks who will drive the net very hard. He might not finish every time, but he's going to drive the net really hard, and I think you can't say that about every winger that's potentially in the top six of the Vancouver Canucks this year. At least you have that with Pod Colson. So with that being said, I think he's the talk type of guy. Like when Pod Colson gets on his game and is playing his best, I, man, Rick Tockett's really going to like him. So we just hope that Pod Colson continues to build. It's obviously been a little bit of a slump here in his sophomore year, but, hey, he's still so young. we got to see him build. Uh, let's get to the first round pick conversation just a little bit. Not a ton here. We're going to spend a little bit of time on this. And I do want to pull this up because we do have some new – I've talked about it. All the sites are putting out their new rankings, right? Lots of new uh, rankings for the draft prospects. And we have uh, elite prospects, the great folks over there. Uh, no, not quite, Alex. The the great folks over there at Elite Prospects, they have their uh, consolidated. Is that how you say it? Is that the word? Do you put it all together? Consolidated? Yep. Sounds right. Uh, their rankings from this uh, coming up for the draft year. And there's a lot of, like, David Reinbacker is the interesting one. He's one who gets talked about a lot. This is this is a average of all the rankings throughout some of the major scouting sites. Reinbacker is coming in at 19. On, on these major scouting sites. Axel Sandin Pelica is the interesting right shot guy as well. He's coming in at 13. Um, Mitchkov down to three. Leo Carlson slid to four. Um, then there's some interesting names that we, we've seen where the Canucks are kind of sitting at right now. And we'll, we'll use this to transition into the, um, the draft lottery odds as well. But I just wonder, man, if the Canucks are end up, you know, end up sitting somewhere in the 9, 10, 11 range, there's not a lot of names there that really blow you away or get me that excited as much as like David Reinbacker does. So we'll have to see. And like where the Canucks end up going here, like, I don't know. I don't get that excited for Brandon Yeager, Oliver Moore, uh, Colby Barlow. Like Reinbacker's the guy there. And if he's gone and the Canucks are there at 10, I wonder what they end up doing with this pick, man. Cause I'm sure that they will, if when you go into the draft, you don't know who's going to be there at 10. So you, you have to have conversations about trading the pick and who can give you the biggest value. It will be very interesting to see with the Canucks in win-now mode what they do with this first-round pick. I I don't, like, I'm not 100% confident they're going to end up using it. I, I think they might end up trading it. It's very possible for sure. I wouldn't say it's the likely outcome. I think it's likely that they do end up making the pick. But I can't, I can't like, you know, get excited yet about a new first-round pick coming to the prospect pipeline because this team wants to win next season. And winning next season might not come from a prospect. It won't come next year in a prospect that you pick at 10. He won't be helping the NHL team next year. But that first-round pick, trading it for a player, you can absolutely get a guy who's going to help your team, and that's where it'll be interesting to see what this management group decides to do with their future. I would advise everybody to think about, you know, trading Dylan, trading away the ninth overall pick, which was used to get Dylan Gunther. Like, Dylan Gunther would help this team right now, right? And that trade doesn't feel like it was all that long ago. And also, there's some OEL discourse in the chat here, um, in the YouTube live chat. But pull up the draft lottery odds, Alex. Uh, this is kind of the other story of the night. Also, no no disrespect, we got to also mention 200th goal of JT Miller's career last night. And he's really stepped up in the second half of the season. Okay, draft lottery odds. Back to our dread, Chris. Um, 
the Washington Capitals and the Detroit Red Wings at the time of yesterday's recording were behind the Vancouver Canucks. Canucks obviously beat Anaheim uh, and now sit in that 10th spot. So uh, do, do you want to run the simulator? Are we going to run the simulator here and nope. see uh, see what we get? Oh, Alex has it. Yeah, he's good. I, I didn't have it up there. Fire it up, Alex. Let's see what happens. <laughs> Um, and, and as we do this, I just want to say, obviously, the Canucks now with a 3.5% chance uh, at Connor Bedard. It was 6% yesterday, and wouldn't you know it, the team with 6%, the Washington Capitals in our simulator here, jump up six spots uh, to the second overall pick. And look, if there's one thing the Washington Capitals need, it's a generational talent, uh, talented sniper, right? Like, that that's what that team really, really needs. And look... Like you see the Detroit Red Wings there. That was a team that sold to the Canucks at the deadline because they said, you know what? We have all these prospects. We have all these young players, but you know what? We need more and more. We need to keep loading up and we need to keep building. They're now ahead of the Canucks uh, in the lottery odds. And hey, I'm not going to tell people what to think, what to feel, but uh, you got to think if you're a Canucks fan that that hurts a little bit to see that, right? To see that. Um, you know, the Detroit Red Wings and the Washington Capitals, Washington Capitals, who it feels like just a few years ago won the Stanley Cup are now, you know, looking, looking toward the future. And they're going to be in that conversation uh, to get a generational talent at the top of this draft. But hey, fingers crossed with the 3.5% chance that the Canucks have now. And now you just hope that they don't drop to 11th, which is the lowest they could go um, and have a 3% chance at drafting Connor Bedard. Yeah, let's get it up there one more time, Alex. The uh, the Not the lottery, the, the photo that we had. Um, or just reset this if you want, just because I want to show like where the Canucks are actually at with the, with the simulator. You brought it out there at 3.5%. They still have a chance, okay? They have a chance to get back to 6%. And I said this a couple weeks ago on the show. I would be very happy if they had a 6% chance of winning Connor Bedard. That means they have a 6% chance of moving up to one. That means they have a 6% chance of moving up to two. Right now you're looking at 3.5%. Man, it's it's a big drop. It's Listen, the balls are going to fall where they fall. The Canucks might end up winning. They probably won't. They probably won't end up moving up. They'll probably end up actually moving down. There's better odds of that happening. It just it would have been it would have been a little bit more exciting to roll into it with 6% than 3.5. So we'll see what happens. Their final game against Arizona um, you know, Philadelphia that you can't catch them, Washington and Detroit. If they win their final game of the season, you could jump up a little bit. I just think, you know, it, it's a big jump from 10 to nine, right? Like from 3.5% to 5%, that's a big jump. So you kind of hope that the Canucks lose this last game. You hope that either Washington or Detroit, even if one of them win, they're going to jump the Vancouver Canucks. So I don't know. I just, and I got this, like, you get this reaction from people on Twitter a lot of time when you talk about the draft lottery odds, like, oh, it doesn't matter. And it's like, yeah, probably not. But like, hey, I'd rather have 5% than 3.5%. Like, is that a, is that a wrong thing to ask? Like, is that a wrong thing to root for? People more chance of landing a a generational talent here to, from Vancouver. Like, obviously I I will take 0.1%. I take 0.1%. I'd give up uh, energy drinks for two weeks, get the 0.1%. I don't care. Like, yeah, it's just you just want the best chance to to get a chance at like I don't know. I always think this about like imagine if the Canucks get Connor Bedard. How amazing it's going no. to be. It would be I I know I try not to think no. of it. Sometimes my mind wanders and I get to the point I'm like, "Hey, it could it's possible. It is possible. It'd be incredible for this franchise, the fan base, everything. It'd be such positivity moving forward if it were to happen. I mean, just come on, Gary, okay. wait the balls a little bit. <laughs> Okay, now, I don't want to get into this, but the people oh. out there, and there's no one in our chat, thankfully, that are like, oh, well, whatever, uh, they weren't going to get him anyway, or whatever the people are saying. There's no one in our chat saying that. But the people on Twitter, you've seen a lot of it. Oh, they're not going to get him anyway. Who cares? The Canucks went on a skid to end the 2017 season, okay? Um and they they fell in the lottery. They didn't win the prize possession, which in that year was Nico Hishier. But then at fifth overall, they still drafted Elias Pettersson. Like, the, like we, we've brought this up before. The people being like, the draft lottery doesn't matter, blah, blah, blah. Who cares? Like, team culture, blah, 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 whatever. Down the stretch, all that sort of stuff. Uh, who cares about their draft lottery position? They say this while wearing an Elias Pettersson or Quinn Hughes jersey. And it's like, look at what this has done for you. Yes, they have slipped down in the draft lottery, but you want the highest positioning possible. 
that is what you want. And look, you're allowed to be upset. You're allowed to be upset that last night the Canucks, because Thatcher Demko played so extremely well, um, they, they get the win against the Anaheim Ducks and now move up to that 10th spot rather than 8th. And you're allowed to be upset about that. You're allowed to be upset about that. But don't give me this... Oh, who cares? They weren't going to get him anyways. Even if they weren't, even if they weren't, which they would have had a better chance, obviously, even if they weren't, they still would have a better player available to them the higher in the draft. That's just how it works. That's how the draft works. Anyways, I'm not going to keep going on this. Wrap it up. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I, uh, it's also just like, yeah, like you said, like it's, it's a higher chance, but it's not like, you know, the Canucks aren't going to just lose. So, I mean, they're, they're playing a lot of college guys, I guess. They're, they're playing Thatcher Demko a lot too. So I don't know. Uh, I think there's a balance in both. Well, let's get to odds and ends. Um, we spent enough time on the draft lottery and, uh, reverse standings, all that good stuff. Uh, Jonathan LeCaramacki. Be talking to him soon. Uh, they've advanced to the Alsvenskin finals. The finals, they won today uh, in game six of their series. They're off to the finals. That gets going on Sunday. So good stuff. LeCare Mackey uh, playing, man, he's playing a much more engaged game. I watched the whole game today. Uh, that's why I was a little late getting in here. I didn't couldn't uh, brief you guys on the show. But uh, watched the whole game today. Re- man, played a really engaged game. A lot better on the four check, throwing the body even a little bit, playing a little bit of physicality. Uh, he picked up an assist on Jurgarden's second goal. So he's now got three goals and four assists through eight playoff games. And like I said, Al Svenskin finals get going on Sunday. So that's exciting uh, there for him to get that opportunity to, listen, not just play in the playoffs, but play in the damn finals. That means something. His organization, they really want to get back in the SHL. And they're going to be playing for it in the Al Svenskin finals starting on Sunday. So good stuff there. Uh, mentioned it. Did you watch Luke Hughes yesterday? Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I didn't watch I didn't watch Luke Hughes yesterday, but uh I did watch Rick Dollywall's Twitter account. And people in the chat are asking, which is why I uh flashed this up on the screen here. Um read it, Chris. You know these players better than I do. I don't even know what I'm looking at here. Yeah, Dollywall, I heard him on uh, Donnie Dolly today say they're sniffing around a Quinnipiac player. There's a there's a few options there. Um the ones that I liked, right shot defenseman, Zach Metza, uh, and then the winger Colin Graff. Rick Dollywall said uh <laughs> Oh, that's stuff. Uh, hopefully, it's just about a computer. Uh, but uh, but Rick Dollywell said it it's is. not graph. <laughs> I had a feeling Good. that was a scary text message. <laughs> we don't have to clip that. Uh, but no, it's not even out of character. Like I didn't even hesitate. I knew right away that's a computer question uh, yeah. from my mom who texted it. I had it flashed up on the screen for those on the podcast. And my mom said, "Help!" Exclamation point! Exclamation point! Exclamation point! Are you free to chat? Um, so yes, I know that this is a. Uh, this is a uh, computer question, so I'll, I'll get to that after the show. Oh, great! That's awesome. That's uh, yeah, that's gonna get clipped. Tell uh, tell Clipmaster Aaron, who's getting made fun of from other podcasts, by the way, for his Clipmaster name. Uh, yeah, I think Metz is an interesting one. Small, small right shot defenseman. A lot of people liked him last year. He went back. He was the captain this year. Uh, he seems like a leader. He's already come out and and I saw him actually quote tweet someone. I didn't actually see the tweet, but he was giving it to someone for for talking. Something about him like uh, going pro. So I didn't see the tweet before, but he, I saw him clapping back about it. Um, so that'd be interesting. I like the right shot defenseman. Metza kind of feels like uh, an AHL contract. Like, I don't know if he's going to get an NHL deal. Um, I think he's a little bit of a lower end prospect than uh, a Nick Blankenberg's probably a good example. A guy who got signed last year, played with the Blue Jackets, still playing with the Blue Jackets this year. But Metz is a leader, man. I think he's a real character guy. He's a great ATO if you can get him out to Abbotsford. I would love for it to be him. And uh, I don't know, maybe Dollywall. Dollywall knows how he's tweeting, right? He said it's not Graf. The other name that I had in my tweet, Zach Metza. Put one and one together. There you go. All right. Not reading that, Levi. Um, keep rolling here. Uh, like I said, I watched Luke Hughes last night. Uh, he played with Dougie Hamilton uh, a lot of the night last night. He only played 11 minutes, but a uh, nice little debut for him. He made some mistakes as well. Listen, these young guys have make some mistakes, but Luke Hughes, good for him making that debut. Uh, I'm sure Quinn was excited to watch his bros play together down in Jersey. All right. I got uh, nothing else here. We wrapped it up odds and ends here. I'm done. Good show. Great show. Great show. I'm looking forward to tomorrow. Uh, Harmon will be in on Friday. Oh, but I'm in the done. meantime, I'm not go done. Ahead. 
Oh, you're about to do your catchphrase that I like. In the meantime, in the lean time or whatever you say. Uh, I'll be out in Abbotsford tonight. Uh, we'll have a report tomorrow. I'll have some audio from out there in Abbotsford. All that good stuff. We'll see who's out there, who's playing. Apparently, Niels Huglander's back in the lineup, so that's good news. He was just sick over the weekend. Um, they're playing uh, Ontario, I think, this, uh, tonight. I don't know. I'll double check. Actually, I might as well do it right now because I think that Ontario is the way that they're matching up. Um, into the playoffs right now. So that could be pretty exciting to see this kind of three-game series. No, I'm sorry, Calgary Wranglers uh, tonight uh, on Canucks Autism Network Awareness Night. Um, down Or acceptance, sorry. Uh, acceptance Night out in Abbotsford. Uh, so that's great. And, uh, and a great story out there from Jack Rathbone uh, over on the Abbotsford Canucks uh, website. Check that out if you want. And uh, three more games against the Calgary Wranglers. Uh, Dustin Wolf is not there anymore. He's coming up to Calgary Flames to play an NHL game, so good for him. Canucks should have the advantage in goal. Hoping for a good one out there in Abbotsford tonight because it's going to take me two and a half hours to drive out there. Just give me a game. Give me a game where the players aren't all pissed off at the end of it. I want to like. I just want a couple happy players at the end of the game. Have some good chats. Have some laughs. Give me a clip to play on tomorrow's show. Like just win the game six one, please. Just just have a good game because every time I go out to Abbotsford, the last like four or five times, they get their asses kicked. And all the and the players must just got screamed at by Jeremy Calton dealing with them after the game because they all none of them want to have talk or you know joke about anything. So hoping for a big win for Abbotsford tonight. Everybody put it in you know put a, put it in the air a little bit, folks. Get me some good uh, good vibes going out there at Abbotsford tonight. I, I want to get uh, make this drive worth it out there to uh, farm country. All right. Yes, we'll uh, we'll talk Abbotsford tomorrow. Hopefully, they'll be in a good mood for you. We got to get Carlton back on the show and tell him not to yell at the players when you're out there. Uh, because come on, we uh, we need these players in a good mood when you need to go get quotes from them. Yeah, we'll see. I see Darren Francis in there as well uh, in the chat. Darren's in here often. Great photographer, getting tons of awesome shots uh, from uh, from Abbotsford. Take me, uh, Darren. Take me up to the uh, the. I want to go on the uh, catwalk. I see him up there on the catwalk all the time, taking photos, uh, posting down on the goalies there. I'm, I'm going up to the catwalk pretty soon here. Maybe. Maybe not tonight. I'm too scared. But uh, one day I'll go up there. All right. Wrap it up. Abbotsford tonight. Looking forward to Oh, takeoff. Eagle There's Abbotsford. Look at that. Abbotsford's looking gorgeous out there. This isn't actually Abbotsford, is it? Okay. No, it's not Abbotsford. They got eagles out there. What are you talking about? They do. That's not Abbotsford, though. Look at the landmarks. That's uh, could be uh, Fraser River. No, it's not though. Okay, it's not. You know the okay. Eagle Capital of the world. I don't know if this is true, but I heard Squamish. You go out there. Uh, I remember going out there fishing one time when I was young. When I was young in my uh, preteen age, went out there on a fishing trip, and uh, we were in this one spot. Probably about uh probably about forty fifty eagles on all the trees around us. It's glorious out there in Squamish. Good folks out there. Squampton, they used That's to call fantastic. it when I was a kid. Okay, welcome to Squampton. <laughs> okay, we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up there. Uh, for my co-host Chris Faber and our technical producer Alex Allard, my name is Dave Quadrelli. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. Uh, in the in the meantime, in the between time, quads, figure it out, tank it up. <laughs> You screwed up my catchphrase. I couldn't use it. Yeah, it wasn't yeah, natural. Yeah, 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 we're cutting out. Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation. Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.